0: welcome to tell me your story another fine conversation uh, that i've gotten myself into and i'm very glad because we come your way on sundays at 7 a.m and 7 p.m monday mornings at 1 a.m and wednesdays at 9 a.m for our special edition of tell me your story where we talk with our guests about choices and knowledge of those choices to help me we, uh, we also podcast these programs at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We're also on YouTube, and I hope you'll no- uh, click notifications so that uh, you'll be notified every time there is a new conversation to be heard. And uh, we hope you'll do that on any of those podcasts or the videocast outlet, YouTube. We also would love to uh, have some, uh, you know, whatever support you can provide us financially. Uh, We are uh, here uh, with a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And when they ask you for the email address to whom to send the uh, support, please uh, put in richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. We also ask that uh, you uh, spend some time uh, during this, the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, to uh Spend time in that uh, still, quiet, calm, peaceful place called your inner life and listen to that still, small voice. We are very excited today to have a very special guest on our program who is going to help us to understand a term that I would say is probably, um, I don't know that it's necessarily best known per se. But it is certainly one word that would describe somewhat of what has been happening probably over the last seven or eight years. Um, And it's been right out there. And it's been very interesting. And what it is, it's uh, gaslighting. Well, we're going to be talking about that, the author of Gaslighting. It's more than a lie. It's manipulation. You can learn how to identify and protect yourself from emotional manipulation and abuse. Never thought of it that way. And my special guest today is Dr. Uh, she is a research psychologist. She is a psychoanalytic therapist, Dr. Uh, Frida Birnbaum. And I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And I also have to say, I think you are the first Burnbaum on the program. Oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a burn ball month. And I yes. thank you. For, oh.
1: And you pronounced it. We just
0: broke off. I didn't hear you at all. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you.
1: Okay. Can all we right. just kind of, uh, now I can hear you again. All right. But sure. thank you. You pronounced my name, which a lot of people can't. And for some reason.
0: I, you know, I, I do it. I try my very best and I'm not always 100%, but I was pretty sure. That was it. Of course, it didn't hurt to go to some of your uh, uh, television appearances uh, to listen to you speak and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, and, then pronounce your name and so forth. But um, it's spelled in such a way as, well, that makes sense. That's how that's done. Yes. That's right. And of course, and you're from the uh, uh, you're from the uh, garden state, or at least that's where you're residing now.
1: The garden state. I'm waiting to see the gardens, but it's
0: okay. <laughs> That's what I'm they say. in
1: my air-conditioned home. That's where I'm residing. My go. office is downstairs. I have it very easy here.
0: Well, very good. Well, I will say that a lot of people are looking for that same garden nationally, but even globally uh, yeah. when it comes to what some of our supposed leaders in whatever realm you want to talk about are um, are telling us. I, I am, I am highly offended when I hear the phrase, um, then I'm, I'm going to quote the, the, uh, the, 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 the line from the movie, uh, you can't handle the truth. Well, who says I can't handle the truth and it's nothing more than manipulation, isn't it? It's just a, it's a way of in essence, controlling us. And I'm not sure which is the better tack to try to find out the truth of whatever it is you're trying to find out about, or saying, you know what, it's not worth it. Forget about it. I'm just going to go about living my life. What about your thoughts in regards to the research and study that you've done in this area of gaslighting?
1: Well, you know, the truth, it's pretty sad. We don't trust anybody anymore. Politics, uh, the media, what's going on in our country, uh, even relationships. And so this gaslighting is just a big part of it. Uh, We become isolated because of the pandemic, and uh, we like to be loners. I mean, I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about people in general. Uh, So we really distance ourselves from everybody, and that's creating a problem because then you become a narcissist because it becomes all about you, which is I think it's pretty boring. I mean, don't you want to have somebody in your life that – you can learn from or even have conflicts or argue with. I mean, I argue every day with my husband and you know, I feel much better I don't know about him, but that's part of it. That's part <laughs> of having having that kind of back and forth. Uh, I think it's boring to just be in love with yourself. I mean, how much can you really grow? So, you know, gaslighting is an interesting term, but the way it started was really interesting as well. In 1938, there was a play about a man who wanted his wife to feel that she was going crazy, which is not difficult to do often today, but it was that was a play. And uh, he wanted to steal her jewelry, some husband, but that's what he wanted to do. So he took a gaslight up to the attic to get the jewelry. And that's how this word became known. and. After that, I mean, today, you said it right. What is really gaslighting? It's trying to put somebody down, manipulate someone, and to psychologically control them. And it happens so much that it's sad that people don't know what's happening to them. And they don't even know that they're doing it after a while either. It's part of the theme of the way people conduct uh, with each other, you know, the status uh, symbol, Uh, Do you like me? Well, maybe if I say this or do this, you'll like me. So it's all about proving yourself in some way. And it's usually people who have been uh, damaged psychologically in their youth, uh, criticized or rejected. So they want to reject you first. But be careful because often people are complimented uh, by these gaslighting uh, situations. Uh, They're jealous of you. They want to control you. So you think, oh, wow, that person really cares about me. He's that, that person's going to do whatever it takes to hold on to me and worship me. No, that person's going to control you. He won't or she won't want you to have friends or relatives, and they want you to just hear who they are. So be careful when people say you're not looking yourself the same, you're not acting yourself. All that is part of the bigger thing. And we can get lost in that, and I can assure you it's easy to do because when you become dependent on somebody, uh, it's convenient in the beginning, but then that person controls you and then you wonder why they're doing it, but you're setting it up to happen as well. So it's often two people. It's not just one villain, uh, but that other person that they're trying to uh, criticize and destroy in some way is also willing and open otherwise it wouldn't be happening so if you're a victim it's going to be easier to be victimized so you have to be careful the message that you're giving to other people because the wrong people will take the wrong message
0: hmm. well you know it's it's uh, very interesting to to me in in especially when you're talking as you just uh, iterated about relationships um and we all find ourselves in different uh different uh, relationships and so forth and it's just really interesting how um this process of again as as you've well stated you know the definition of gaslighting and so forth and there there is a uh there is a, a piece of music and and i was going to uh, be able to quote um Uh, the the lyrics to this one song it's entitled believe in me it uh, it's a song by dan fogelberg and in it he's uh, singing to his beloved basically saying boy i wish there was something i could do to get you to believe in me if there was a song i could sing if there were words i could say that i recognize that my life my life is not conducive to your trusting me because I'm on the road all the time and there are all these women and so forth and and whatever temptations, uh, but please trust me. And I find that that attitude, that perspective, that, that mental, oh, I don't even know what to call it, state um, is extremely frustrating i've been there and i sit there going i've been here with you for 10 years 15 years 20 and you still don't trust me now that's not to say that men who have been with women for 10 or 15 or 20 years are 100 percent trustworthy in terms of their fidelity for example but it's it's like okay are you i think you're watching too many tv programs of of this ilk and it's it's I'm wondering if if that's part of the problem too. That are, I mean, you even talk about some television programs that I've watched. I'm not a fan, but I have watched, for example, Homeland as well as Westwood, Westworld, and a couple of others here. Uh, Don't worry, darling. And is it Mind Samar, Somar, or something like that? And. I sit there and it's like I can pick up on what's going on right away. And it's like, it's, it's boring because I've been able to figure it out because it's not that hard to figure out the formula. And uh, they try to create cute little twists and turns, but it's like, like with the government, I use this phrase, if you have no secrets to hide, then you have no secrets to hide. Do you think that uh, too many people in this world today, let's just say in the outside world, in the regular world <laughs> of relationships, um, they they feel like they have to keep secrets. And I don't know why that is. It's like, well, what are you afraid of? God already knows it all. And what difference is it if, if 8 billion other people know, and most of them don't care because they're too busy living their lives. Your thoughts.
1: First of all, uh, we all have secrets. That's the problem. If we could just be honest about who we are, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about, uh, gaslighting and cheating, which is really more prevalent with people who are gaslighting uh, and respect and, uh, inclusion and all that stuff that happens within that. Uh, really it's society who makes it so easy to do this. If our politicians are gaslighting us, uh, if we don't really know who's telling who's what uh, with Trump, uh, with Biden, with uh, whoever's out there, mm-hmm. it's all an image, it's all staged. It's not what we think it is. So if we have to look up to these people, and this is the role models we have in this country, then how can we feel that we can trust what they're saying? trust the people around us, who's supporting who? I mean, if you look about uh, into politics, people don't talk to each other if the one is Democratic and one is a Republican. It's crazy. It's, it's become a, such a rivalry of events that uh, we don't even see us in this together. Uh, maybe Russia will let us see that we're in this together uh, because they really want to kill us off. So, well, not they, Putin, But I'm just saying, you know, with propaganda all around us now, even in this country, we're talking about gaslighting. What do we know, and what don't we know? Should we keep secrets? Well, you're right. Most people have even the same secrets. It's really not a big deal. And if it became something that was more common, everyone could let go, be themselves, and wouldn't have to be on guard anymore. There's such a facade of who you are today Mm -hmm. um we need to look successful we need to uh be able to have a certain appearance uh we need to uh be confident look fantastic everything has to be perfect uh, for us to create an image which is not really doable for anybody if we could just let go and have all our faults and being perfect Wouldn't it be a way to connect to other people, to be vulnerable? I mean, in my practice, that's what I I really feel. People who have been analyzed really gravitate to other people because they're more vulnerable. They're more honest. uh, They're willing to find fault with themselves and they can laugh at themselves. So that's really where we need to be uh, more uh, with who we are rather than judging other people. So we're talking about gaslighting, it's people who are uh bullies and who are really highly affected by what other people think of them so they protect themselves uh from being targeted. Mm. We really have all this stuff going on that is good around us. I know I was complaining to you about the weather in New Jersey before. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm the first one see I'm talking about who not to be and I'm that person. But still I'm complaining about it, but, you know, give, give us a break already. How about enjoying going out and seeing the trees and the grass? Is this a coincidence? I was walking this morning. I was saying, can't we just focus on what we do have? And can't we really just forget about manipulating other people because they're threatened? And by the way, people who are threatened the most are the least successful as far as their own agendas are concerned. So how about just not worrying what people are doing compared to us and competing with what other people are it's like when you go skiing if you can go on the bunny hill and it's an accomplishment stay on the bunny Hill you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> why go why go why go someplace else but we're so concerned about what other people think of us you know I have a a quick funny story as I'm talking, I thought about this. When we moved into this house, it was Halloween. And so I put some decorations out. My kids were little. Uh, so my neighbor put decorations out, but he put even more decorations off. So I ran to the store and I put even more, right? <laughs> but guess what? After a while, I was like, I couldn't breathe anymore. <laughs> because He had these signs with his kids' names on them and pictures of them. I said, hell, I I can't go there. This is too much for me. And I stopped. So who was I really competing with? Maybe the neighborhood uh, was not was uh, something that uh, was not connecting to who I really was. But that's what happens. We forget who we are and what we are. And then we want to give an image. Maybe I was gaslighting, actually, as I'm talking to you myself, because I was trying to prove something that I really wasn't. And now... We still have the same neighbors, but whatever they do is fine with them. I don't really care, (laughs) which is I'm much happier. We have to be able to know that if we're doing something in excess, if we're addicted to something and repressing our feelings with drugs and alcohol or anger, there's something there that you can really look at and say, wait a minute, what am I doing to myself? Why am I punishing myself and missing out? on the reality that's going on around us. Because when you do that, you blame other people. When we're mm-hmm. talking about gaslighting, that's what they do. They drink, they take drugs sometimes in anger management. And then they blame the other person and make the other person feel inferior as if there's something wrong with them. And they deny that anything even happened, that they even did anything. So there's nobody to even argue with at that, at that point in time. It's very frustrating. I have to say that if it happens to anybody, just run, just run away as fast as you can because these people have agendas. They picked you for a reason. They picked you so they can go ahead and feel better about themselves while they make, they throw the garbage out at you. So when people have a way of making you feel worse, it's so simple. Just get away. Mm-hmm. If people make mm-hmm. you feel better, you stay with those people and you can see right away when you're finished. What just happened? I don't feel right. And those are the red flags, your feelings. If something happen? Did they say anything wrong? Why do I feel like this? I can guarantee you something that did happen. It's better to have a small group of friends and a lot of acquaintances that you're trying to juggle all over. If you have four or five friends, That's huge. That's an accomplishment if they really care for you and they have your back. And if you're in a relationship that's bad and they will support you leaving the relationship, because a lot of people think, oh, you're divorced. How sad. Oh, you're married. How great. It's the opposite. Often, you're struggling (laughs) while you're married. (laughs) <laughs> I never understood that. And uh, you're better off divorced and you're happier.
0: <laughs> well, that's you know, true. We you know. are talking with Dr. Frida Birnbaum here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Dr. Frida is the website, drfrida.com. We will be linked to her website so that you can find out more about the work she is doing, especially what we're talking about today, gaslighting. I wanted There were a couple of things that I wanted to dovetail off of what you were just saying uh and uh, one of them has to do with um again i'm going to go back to that song and i did find the lyrics and this is one of the lyrics in the middle of the song too many hearts have been broken failing to trust what they feel but trust isn't something that's spoken and love's never wrong when it's real and then he goes on to talk about uh Um, if i could only do one thing then i would try to write and sing a song that ends your questioning and makes you believe in me there was also an episode doing a little segwaying here of a um, star trek next generation episode and the episode had to do with trusting but it was the end of the episode that was profound to me uh, uh, uh Riker, number one. Uh, uh Picard's uh, uh, number one was talking with the android Data, and of course they had been going through this whole issue of regarding trust. So Data is questioning, says, "Well, you know, if if there's the chance of being hurt, then why w- w- wouldn't it be better not to trust?" And uh, and uh, of course Riker says, "No, because you would miss out on opportunities." where your trust is unbroken as it were and as as you've well uh, spoken thus far doctor it seems as though right now we are in a state in this country in particular we'll keep it we'll keep it local where people don't trust they have lost their ability to trust and it seems like the, uh, the loss is due to certain information, alleged information that they choose to believe. Now, I have over the years since I'm 63 now. So from the age of uh, 18, when I was allowed to vote for the 1st time. younger.
1: I do have to tell you.
0: <laughs> and that's just fine. You're looking good for a younger woman there. Let me tell you. Me, I'm Uh, not
1: that. Yeah, I'm older than you, but that's okay.
0: We'll keep it a secret. I I won't even ask. We're not going there anyway.
1: Pretty dangerous. I have
0: have voted for certain people for certain offices from president on down, but I never voted for them because I thought they were the saving grace. I thought that they were the savior of us all in America. Uh, I voted because. I thought that maybe they might be able to do a good job. Now, the downside of the decision to vote for this particular person or that is based upon information that I choose to believe from the supposed uh, accurate sources. But then you get all of these other sources that are out there. I mean, we are, I mean, over the last five or six or seven years, we have been inundated with i'm going to use the word information extremely loosely we've been inundated with information but there's almost like no way to vet it to parse it so that we know whether it's true or not i mean you hear about in, uh, uh segments of a say a newsroom they're fact checking department but people don't necessarily believe the fact checkers who check the facts based upon blah, 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 blah. And it seems like where we are today in our society.
1: Yeah, it's horrible. It's really something, you know, blame it on the internet also. I mean, when you go online, uh, you can say and do and anything you want. Uh, we're talking about being hurt. What's wrong with being hurt and learning from being hurt? I mean, uh, we have to have everything just so wrapped up for us that you're right, we don't investigate, we don't know the truth, we don't know who's honest, we have no way of uh, seeing anything except what we're told uh, in the media and just one switch of a button, we go on to a new person uh, in a new relationship, let's see if that person's better. What's wrong with being hurt in a relationship and being hurt in, in politics and finding out and being uncomfortable? We pat ourselves in such a way that we, try to make a perfect world for, for us, ourselves, then we get into trouble. We vote for the wrong people because we don't look into the information enough. And we vo- we vote with the masses. Uh, we identify what's going on around us as opposed to what we really feel uh, is right so we can be accepted today. And who cares if you're accepted? Uh, there's so many different situations going on today Uh, that didn't happen years ago Mm -hmm. and we need to be able to change with with what we see even if it's it's painful because that's the only way you're going to learn what you're doing if you don't have pain you can't really reach a place in your life of change because that's what makes you want to change and make it easier on yourself so yes can we trust i don't know who we can trust I don't think our kids are being brought up in a way that they can really trust. Things are changing so quickly. Uh, It used to be so simple. You went to school, you became a doctor. You were lucky because you knew it. I always envied these people that knew what they were doing. And uh, today it's changing pace. It's always changing about coursework, about the future, about the lifestyles, about your sexual orientation, uh, do you trust uh, the gender ID? Do you really feel that way? Or is it propaganda telling you that it's a trendy thing to do? I mean, really, it's going in such a place. My son brought home a friend who is by birth a girl and uh, by choice and by her biological makeup uh, a male. And uh, it's different today. Because we don't really know uh, if this is something that's going to be acceptable or is it going to be more confusing? Will this person um, be mainstreamed or would this person have a more difficult life? So we're teaching our kids um, to make choices that really I personally don't trust. Uh, you make choices yourself when you feel you need to make. And then... Uh, you know, the word coming out of the closet used to be uh, something we spoke about today. It's accepted who you are, but make your own choices. So I don't trust that either. I don't trust any information, even in school, uh, that's given to our kids because it's coming from an agenda as well. Uh, they're not saying, oh, we accept you no matter what, what you who you are. They're saying, these are your choices. No, these shouldn't be your choices. When you get older and you make a decision, you should be accepted for that decision. So I'm going off into I don't know where. But anyway, this is so we're talking about trust. We're talking about trying to manipulate someone to think something so we can control that. And we're ma- manipulating, excuse me, everything sexual orientation. We're manipulating um, wh- the, what's going on in the media getting rid of people that are saying things that they shouldn't be saying uh in the media fox news cnn um it's just so controversial i don't know what to watch anymore either because there's a lot of manipulation on either side if you watch uh, cnn uh you'll be supporting the democrats if you watch fox news republicans maybe not so much anymore Mm -hmm. uh, because they're changing themselves as well they've changed as well so it's a matter of uh having all this information fed into us, uh, information that we don't necessarily want. We have to know that if we reach out and we fumble and we make mistakes, at least it'll be our own mistakes, not somebody else telling us who we should be, what we should do, where we should go. It's It's getting to be so complex that your own individual identity is compromised with who you are as opposed to what society tells you who you're supposed to be. Now, I mean, 10, 20 years ago, uh, there was a certain uh, agenda of different stereotypes. Now the stereotypes have changed as well. Uh, women in the workforce and women in the media and, uh, having, I remember Barbara Walters, her first time that she was on television as a, um, a host um, she, the person that was with her the man didn't want to work with her she was a woman so at that time that was manipulation so there's different forms of manipulation and gaslighting as we go on in our lives that becomes part of who we are and part of our history and today women I feel are manipulating because they're getting pretty much more Pretty much what they asked for. And I think there's a little reversal going on with that as well, uh, blaming men. And so men are being uh, scapegoat and gaslit, like, lit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're the bad guys all of a sudden. So it used to be women and that, you know, that weren't getting. Now women are getting. And these poor guys, I feel, uh, are being manipulated as well. And they didn't do anything really. Um, They didn't set up any uh, agendas themselves. So we need to be able to balance what is real, what is not real. When someone tells you something, if you don't agree with them, it doesn't mean that you can't trust them. On the contrary, they're being open with you. They're not being closed in. I think the worst thing to do is to be with someone who is closed mouth and keeping all the information in, And it's boring. Even in a relationship, you need to have something on the table. You need to have difference of opinions. That's what makes makes a person genuine. And so when we're talking about manipulating that person and trying to get that person to be who you are, what's the point of having any relationship? And today, by the way, there are a lot of people who are living alone and they prefer it. Because they've gotten so used to having a relationship away from everybody because of the pandemic, as I said, or also because of um, the economics uh, or they're not going into the office to work or whatever reason that is. Um, they find it calmer and more peaceful to be alone. And that's scary, too. Uh, they're not getting married. Uh, there are mm-hmm. less people having children. Uh, And really uh, getting comfortable by isolating yourself. And when we have a face-to-face relationship with someone in person, that's very valuable. That's how you learn the most. When you have a a, a situation where you're just texting. You know, people today aren't even calling on the phone anymore. Oh, I can't do that. I have to text. (laughs) So I can change my mind or whatever that is. And so we are losing contact. And so it becomes more strategized the way we deal with each other. When we see a Facebook, uh, people are having parties and having fun. It's depressing because you're not having the parties and the fun. So that's also manipulation of trying to give an image and gaslighting to other people. We're doing that all over the place all the time. Uh, What's wrong with being weak? What's wrong wrong with being uncertain? What's wrong with changing your mind? Uh, What's wrong with having insecurities? Isn't that who we are? Isn't that how we grow? (laughs) Isn't that what everything we have done is about, that we keep making changes? Otherwise, if we stay in one place and we feel that everything has to be the same, because we want to be in charge of what we're familiar with, well, well we'll never grow as a country. So gaslighting is really about not only relationships, it could be doc- excuse me, doctors with patients saying you'll be fine when the patient he doesn't really know what he's doing, and I don't trust doctors anyway, but that's part of it. You know, I, I really feel that's antiquated. They just uh, take care of the symptoms, not the underlying problems. And we're going into a new territory with that as well. That's good. And just in general, when you have issues, talk about the issues. Talk about the problems. Work it through. Don't try to make someone else like you because you have certain standards that probably aren't good for you either. Mm. Learn. I mean, the best thing you can do is do what you're doing now. You listen. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. You don't have to prove yourself all the time. You don't have to feel that you're good if somebody is where you are at the same time. It's better to find people in your life that don't agree with you, that don't manipulate, because then you can see yourself differently and you can add on to who that person is. Otherwise, you have this stale relationship that is becomes boring and somebody's divorce happens because of that as well. Somebody else is more interesting, the secretary, the whoever, the butler, whoever that is, Uh, you know, not that we all have butlers, but I'm just (laughs) saying, I don't have one, but, (laughs) but I'm just saying we get bored with what we want because we're too safe and manipulating others to be where we want them to be and instead of finding out that we can go ahead and have experiences in our relationship and meeting somebody that's not identical to us and, and having I was not uh, when I met my husband he was the intellectual I believe it or not I was the party goer whatever I said wait a minute you know that part of me is missing so I learned to become more intellectual and got my degrees and and whatever. So that's the way not to have somebody to be a clone of who you are, but to have somebody that can make you different than who you are. And so gaslighting is a a person who has no confidence, a person who doesn't want to be rejected, a person who has been criticized, often during their childhood and will criticize you and manipulate you first before you can reject them. And that's when the problems begin. And I can tell you a lot of people are doing it without even realizing it because they're so insecure that that's the only way they can relate to other people. If they get approval, Um, often people who don't uh, have um, a sense of feeling established, are manipulative. I mean, I did research on this with women who don't have careers or feel threatened are the most manipulative uh, in relationships because they need to prove themselves in some way. So watch out when you meet somebody. What is their history? Who are their parents? What do their friends say about them? Uh, do people really like them? What are you finding out? Trust those cues because you're going to save yourself years. Of aggravation when you find these things out for yourself. So you really have to go deeper than we do online and saying, Oh, I like to play tennis and I like to uh, travel. It's not enough. We keep going to different relationships because we're not filling ourselves up with the depth of knowing and finding out different types of experiences that we wouldn't otherwise have if we didn't give ourselves some vulnerability of what it is that's important to you. When I was um getting married, I'm still married to the same person, I can't believe it, but I am. And um I said to my husband, I would like it if you would be there for my parents. That was the deal breaker for me. But when you had but when you know ahead of time what that is you know, how to spend money. If a person says, uh, you can't have any, I'm not giving you a joint account. This is my money. And that person makes more money. Well, that's financial abuse. You have to think about that too. Mm. So they are all different types of abuse Mm. that comes into play that you may not even be aware of. How does that person fight? I mean, my husband just shuts it and doesn't say anything. That infuriates me because I want to upset him.
0: <laughs> you know what
1: i mean I
0: yeah i must be like him because i am not a fan of drama just i just yeah, don't like no. it
1: i'm so bad i do it without thinking about it <laughs> and so i'm over there about like 20 years ago what happened and so uh so you find those things out because that can be a very painful existence when you have situations that are important to you, such as you know, money is the biggest deal breaker, uh, aside from infidelity, in their relationship. How to spend the money. Are you going to travel? Are you going to fix up your home? What are you going to do with it? Are you a spender or are you a saver? Mm-hmm. All those things are areas that need to be explored to protect you. So I have thought of the show, The Emotional Prenup, because we have a prenup about what you're going to get after the divorce. And I figure, you know what? What about how to save yourself from getting a divorce to begin with? So I'm working on this with my publicist to see what to look out for, what to expect, not when you're having problems and you're going to a therapist, but what are some of the underlying issues of who you're with? And you may not want to be with that person and prevent yourself from having a lot of pain unnecessarily. So that's gaslighting when you know that somebody setting up to manipulate you in a way that you were not aware of, then you're in trouble and don't try to uh, feel that you can change things because that person has an invested interest to keep things the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be struggling for years and years. And therapy, you know, is a long time for you to be struggling. I don't think it's worth it for you to have to be coming in once or twice a week and being upset and being hurt because the years of your life go by. It's really not worth it. Just get away from the, the person who really does not want to fix it. That person wants it the way it is. And when uh, when you get married often, a woman wants to change the man, and the man wants the, the woman to be exactly who she is. And actually, the reverse happens most of the time. The woman changes and the man stays the same. Mm. And that's, that's that's really where the problems begin, Yeah, how things happen uh, with the discord of what it is you're looking for. So you have to look for the underlying theme. I know attraction is important. I know lifestyle is important. I know having fun together is important. But what about all that stuff when errands and problems set in? Is that going to be somebody that you're going to uh, try to uh, be there? Or yeah. Are you going to continue to have those agendas of getting that person to be the narcissistic person you are to be center stage all the time? Some people can't can't tolerate not being a narcissist.
0: You know, it's it, and that's interesting because um, I can relate. Uh, the question keeps uh, c- cropping up every so often uh, from my wife, for example, and I usually don't share too much about my wife's side of the relationship because that's hers. And uh, but I get the question. I will get the question. Uh, first of all, she'll ask me if she has changed. Well, I- I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be politically correct here. And I-, I tell her, I said, well, yes, of course, you've changed. We've been together for 25 years. And I have changed too. I'm not the man that I was 25, 20, or 15 years ago uh, because of the things that I've learned and experienced, et cetera, et cetera, and, and with her too. And yet, it's like, like you just said, and she just wants things the way they were. She does not, she abhors change, does not like it at all. And especially when it comes to the loss. Of family member members like our animals. We've lost, I don't I've lost count of how many we've lost over the 25 years. And then literal relatives. I, I lost my eldest sister a year ago, March 29th. Sorry, lost, I lost my father this year on March first. Oh, and um I have to say that that I knew that those days and those phone calls were coming. And I remember when I got the call a year ago, I thought, Oh boy, I, I got, I have this feeling that she's, somebody's calling me from the house, from the family. Dad, dad is gone. And no, it was this time. It was my oldest sister. Well, my father, of course, went a year later because they were very close. He was her first, she was his first daughter, first child. They had a, a very, very unique bond in that regard. And after she left, he just, he didn't want to be here anymore. And so finally a year later, and I looked at March as the portal for the two of them. She went first and he followed and he waited until March 1st to, to depart. Uh, so it was, there was a sort of beauty about that as well. Uh, but the, the reality is that things are always changing. I'm sure you've probably heard of the book, Who Moved the Cheese? And uh, I was told to read that back in the mid '80s by my uh, then boss. Uh, I was working for a Christian station, and I eh, I don't want to read. Oh, all right, fine. Not a long book. I read it. I went back to it, back into his office with the copy, and I put it on his desk, and I said, "Thank you so much. I just want you to know, I don't have a problem with people moving the cheese. You can move the cheese, whatever that you know, whatever that represents." You can move it anywhere you want. I only ask that you tell me where you moved it. <laughs> that's all. That helps. You know, that helps. move it, What you know, do do whatever you want. But that's the way it is. We're talking with Dr. Frida Birnbaum. I don't know why I love saying her name, Dr. Frida Birnbaum. And we're going to continue here on Tell Me Your Story.
1: I lost your sound. Is that all right? I can uh,
0: hear she uh, she oh. um, uh, is a, 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 a therapist, psychotherapist, and so forth, psychoanalyst. Uh, she's psychoanalyzing me as we're doing this program. This is my Absolutely. therapy, ladies and gentlemen. You need a
1: lot of therapy. You need a I lot need
0: it, a- <laughs> and and I'm willing sure. to accept. I'm a willing to accept that assessment. Uh, yes. I've been been through a lot of personal growth and development programs in the '80s and '90s, and um. I have to say that uh, it was worth it. It was, without a doubt, it was worth it. And every day I find myself in uh, some kind of personal growth and development program, even though it it might be at work or doing one of these interviews or whatever it is that I might be doing at any given point in time. And um, I really work hard not to ignore each moment in other words oh, no big deal that was just a regular kind of thing that happens every day no no because everything happens for a reason even if we don't know what that reason is uh and um i would like to ask you about the aspect in our beingness of the importance in this aspect of recognizing gaslighting that may be either a being done to us or and i don't know if this is something that happens or we are doing it but we're doing it either subconsciously or unconsciously that we've sort of gotten into this pattern and we don't even realize that we're doing it but how much how important is beginning the process of listening to the still small voice inside in order to uh, recognize either it being done to us or we're doing it, and, and it's just a pattern we've gotten into and, and so now it's just a part of who we are. Uh, what, what about that?:
1: It's very hard. you know we're born into a family parents that we listen to, and we try to be good, otherwise we get in trouble. And then when we get older, it's a pattern that we establish and we want to be approved of. So we continue to listen, and often to the wrong people, but Mm -hmm. we get validation, and we feel better, even if it's wrong, because it's more important for us to be taken care of, to be liked, for people to support us. You have to really get away from this and You know, even when our parents are no longer around us, we keep doing this. It's our perception. We don't live in this reality. But the best thing you can really do is when you get yourself on this path of who you are and where you're going. And people will often try to get you off that path. You're too confident or you're wrong. You get yourself right back on and you know that when you do that, when you're in that healthy state Nobody can do anything to you, only yourself. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm saying, absolutely, you have to check yourself and and reassess yourself every few years, what you're doing, make your changes. But it's about you listening to you. No one knows you except you. So why listen to them? Why make mistakes by other people's issues when you can make your own mistakes and learn from your mistakes? So you always have to abandon, and this is very difficult because it's a pathology that we all have. Listen and be good and you will be liked. But no, like yourself first Mm -hmm. and listen to yourself first, and then you will be respected. And guess what's going to happen? People are going to want to come on board because nobody likes the victim. So that's really the best thing you can do for yourself is know yourself. And it's not easy to do. It's not easy to know who you are. It's not easy to know what you want. I knew what I wanted. My parents didn't want me to do what I wanted. I wanted to be in the media when I was 18 years old. And I had opportunities where I was, uh, whatever, uh, asked, recruited in some way, whatever. No, I wanted to please my parents always, not myself. And uh, eventually... When everyone's half my age, I'm policing myself now, but I got there. I'm doing it. And when you are doing the right thing, you're the one in the driver's seat. One time, my husband, and I do talk about my husband, I'm driving. <laughs> he's taking the wheel from me. He's, oh, you're going you're gonna to get into that curve. You're going to hit that curve. Of course we hit the curve and he took the wheel because he wasn't sitting where I was sitting. I knew what I was doing. So you can't really allow. You have to really, I guess at times, even fight for yourself in order for you to be heard. But you walk away with so much more than being liked by someone else. Because as I said before, Other people have their agendas. Maybe they want you to be where they are, uncertain, not knowing what it is that they want. When I went back to school and my kids were going to school, why are you going to school? Why are you bothering? I always, every 10 years of my life, was told I was doing the wrong thing because there was really nobody ahead of me at my time to do these things. Today, everyone's doing it, a career and a relationship and whatever, and family. At that time, Are you kidding me? You can't do both. You have to pick one or the other. So we have to be able to know that you'll have no regrets because you'll be living by your own mistakes. Mm. And you'll be able to grow by those mistakes. And you'll keep moving. And then what happens when you reach that depth of despair and pain and things are not working? Well, when you get out of that tunnel, that cave or wherever that is, you're happier. Only then can you reach the height of happiness because you have something to compare and something to appreciate. When you work for yourself and you get your needs met, what can be better? Not getting something from someone else or winning the lottery. No way. Does that give you that same feeling of satisfaction that you made a sense of accomplishment, that you made a difference to somebody? The happiest a person can be, is to make somebody else happy that's about it it's not money i mean you have to have your basic needs met but that's it to make someone else happy in a relationship with friends with strangers to say a kind word to you know don't, when you do that you feel differently you feel better and do you know that your heart actually functions differently your heart actually the rhythm the beating of your heart feel you can feel it So I'm just saying to you, when you reach out from yourself, from who you are, that's the only way you know who you are. When you go ahead and you discover whatever that is to discover on your own, that's the richest you can be because time and knowing yourself are the best combinations that you can live by. Having time is the best asset over money. Being able to be in the backyard and having the time to have the sun on you and sitting there is more important than working, I don't know how long and how hard and getting on that plane, because you can afford, and to go to Hawaii, whatever, once in a while. It's not the same feeling of having control over your life. So when we're talking about manipulation and having some kind of control, yes, manipulate yourself. And keep away from everybody else because you don't know what's good for them. You have to always learn and always grow. And as I said, reassess yourself every five years because you'll be changing, as you said about your relationship and who you are and who your wife is. You will be changing that person and saying, well, wait a minute. I don't want to do that anymore. Or I want a different career. Or I want to change my relationship. I want to stay home and I want, I want to be the nurturer one. And now I want some to take some responsibility off of me. That's okay. If you have a partner that's willing to compromise and willing to listen to you, that's as good as it gets. Mm -hmm. The only other thing that's more important is your health. Once you take care of your health, everything else is the lifestyle. When you don't have your health, you know how fortunate you are when you do have it. Mm -hmm. So remember that. When you finally have your people who have had cancer or all kinds of trauma with illnesses appreciate life more than anybody else because then they know, oh, wow, look what I had before. Look at the life I was living that I didn't realize how lucky I was. And then they have that opportunity. So you always go back to yourself. You always go back to knowing what you want. And as I said, most people are always evolving. If you don't evolve and you stay still, what's the point of life?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, people,
1: you know, when you're dead, you can't really do much, I don't think, unless it's something we're going to find out. We're always finding stuff out. Maybe that's the next <laughs> revelation <laughs> we're going to have, that you can do something. Oh, okay. But as far as I know right now, mm-hmm. you, but when you're alive, if you don't do, take advantage of that, You may as well not be alive. If you don't get up in the morning and live the moments and say, what am I going to do? What risk am I going to take today? What difference am I going to make today? What challenge am I going to do? And it doesn't mean you have to be comfortable. Being uncomfortable is really what's going to help you to be comfortable because you have to go and face things you don't want to face. Making Mm -hmm. a speech in front of people. You know, am I going to remember what I'm going to say? Why am I doing this anyway? (laughs) You know, or I'll come home from uh, some media stuff, or I'll go in the morning, you know, half awake and say, Why am I doing this? And I'll come home, I'll be elated. That's why. So you have to push those buttons, and that's what makes you alive. That's what makes you change, and that's what makes you grow. That's the only way you have to be uncomfortable to be comfortable. And once you're comfortable, don't stay there too long. I hate to say this. I like to torture people if you get there, if you if you're becoming aware of this <laughs> I'm saying don't get too comfortable because what's your next challenge? Yeah. Where are you going next? And that's how you grab life. And that's how you get on that path of health. And that's how you get everything you want. You know it's like get out of my way, I'm coming through. And mm-hmm. then you just stay with that. Stay with yourself because then you get up in the morning and say Wow, look at all the options I have. Look at all the things I could be doing that I'm really enjoying, that I could really get something out of here. And it gives you this lust for living and being there. And then when you help other people, that's really empowering, not taking from other people because Mm. nobody wants to help you when you just are needy. Someone said to me the other day, how come when I need a, a relationship, I can't find one? But when I'm happy, that's when people come along. Well, of course, (laughs) duh. It's obvious. Who wants to be with a downer, you know? They they want to get something from somebody who's happy. They want to be part of that happiness.
0: Exactly. I remember being told, too, that uh, uh, you don't, and this was when I was in my 20s and searching and wanting to find someone. Um women can smell desperation a mile away pal so if you come across desperate forget about it uh you know so i i learned a lesson there gaslighting is the title of the book it is gaslighting it's more than a lie it's manipulation and you are not being manipulated here you're listening to tell me your story i'm richard dugan your host and it is such a pleasure to have Dr. Frieda uh, um, Burnbaum here on the program. You did, you got say, it right over. did you say that? Did you say that burnbaum is uh, is uh, a, pear a, a pear tree?
1: Yeah. So uh, a bomb is tree and burn is pear, and so burnbaum. It's a German word, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what it is. And my ancestors, you know, we live. My mother's maiden name is a Rosenfeld, which means a field of roses. So. It's interesting. They got those names from the areas that they lived in. And that's yeah. how they took their, their last names. So that's a whole different uh, history that uh, I was brought up with that was interesting in itself. But when you look at uh, different backgrounds, my background was always to make a difference because of my parents who immigrated from uh, Ru- Germany, uh, Russia, whatever, Poland, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is something that has helped me uh, to be grateful and to be happy uh, with what we do have. Uh, we don't know that uh, we live in a free country, that people come here, you know, they migrate from all over the place uh, to have uh, this kind of freedom and to have uh, the ability to be citizens and to feel safe and and to be involved with a family. And so when you look at that, when you look at the basics of life, you don't have to manipulate because Mm -hmm. then, you know, you have food on the table. My mother used to stand at the door when I have patients coming in and she'd say, what are they coming in for? They have food on the table, a place to live. What's the problem? Well, we've changed. We want much more. We, we don't want to be gaslit at her generation. A man and a woman, the roles were so diverse, so divided. It was very simple. The woman stayed home, cooked and cleaned, and the man went and worked, went out and did some kind of labor or some kind of job or something uh, at that time. And life has become much more complicated because we are having much more. And the more we have, uh, the more we want things just right. Uh, The more we want to be able to live all our dreams and in a way we can. Today we can live our dreams because we have such richness in in our society that we can gather from. A lot of people don't know that. So what they do instead of taking the richness from society, they try to take from other people and they try to devalue the other person because they don't know that they could do it themselves. So they feel why should this person be in such a good place, that's not right. That's not fair. I'm going to make sure that they're in the same category that I'm in, instead of them growing and learning from who that person is. How did that person get there? By the way, I do have a podcast, The Dr. Frieda Show, and that's what it's about, the history of the person, the success, and their future plans. I always wanted to know, how did people who were discriminated against or minorities or lived in uh, 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 areas that were destructive to their growth. How did they become? What did they do to fight that? And that's what we have to do. But fighting is not a dirty word. Fighting is getting away from something and going into a better place. And when we do that, we're safe. I mean, our country is based on fighting. We fought wars to protect ourselves. And we're always fighting. Now we're fighting again because when you have it going, people want a piece of what you have, and they're going to fight you for it. And we, we're always protecting ourselves. So that's really a good thing to be able to know that we have boundaries. We need to protect ourselves. We need to. We have investments. We have uh, emotional investments, physical investments, uh, our country, and relationships, and to stay. Uh, with that and not let other people feel that they can do anything to change anything about you. And that takes somebody who is not um, in a place of uncertainty that Mm -hmm. takes somebody who says, you know what, this is where I am right now. I worked on this. This is where I need to be. Uh, I ended up being a psychologist in in the media. Somehow that happened to me. So when you do that, when you lose scope of who you are by letting somebody else manipulate you, that's when you lose who you are, the essence of who you are. And when you are allowed to make choices and make changes, uh, you are then somebody who other people will want to be part of. You have to respect yourself first. If you don't respect yourself, uh, what happens is you're being controlled and then yeah. you complain, but you set it up to happen. Mm-hmm. You're saying, Tell me what to do. I'm going to be dependent. And in reality, in general, men uh, look at a relationship as part of who they are in general. Mm-hmm. Women look at a relationship of who everything that they are. And then they complain they're controlled because they become dependent on that man. Where were you? What are you doing? Uh, How come you didn't call me? Uh, How come uh, you're not telling me uh, where you're going? You know, when you get to that place already, then you are the one that's setting it up to become uh, a person who has lost your identity. You have to be able to trust to a point. As I'm saying something to you, I'm thinking something funny. My wonderful husband is into motorcycles. He loves motorcycles. He has about six of them in his garage. Whatever. I used to go on them. I don't anymore. So one day I said to him, where are you? And he said, I'm running errands. I said, okay, two and a half hours, you're running errands locally? Where did you go with it? He comes back, my son says to me, you know, dad bought a new motorcycle. It's on the driveway. He said you wouldn't know the difference because he has so many, right? <laughs> you love this guy, I'm telling you. It's amazing we're still together. Whatever. I can tell you stories forever. But at that time, I could have killed him, basically, and said, What are you why didn't you? And then I said to myself, you know what? It could be worse. It could be worse. So let him have fun. Mm. If it makes him feel more comfortable not telling me. Uh, that's okay. So when you look at uh, different relationships and different people and trusting somebody, you have to really pick uh, to see what not to trust as you are mm-hmm. married longer and in a longer relationship, uh, partnership, it doesn't have to be marriage. Uh, then you also have to look and see, uh, let's see, is this person happy, happier? Is it hurting me in any way? If it's happy If he's happier, she's happier. this is not what I would do. This is not who I am. I'm different. I have different interests. So he loves classical music. So we have a whole house wired with classical music. Do I <laughs> love classical music? It's okay sometimes. You know what I mean? But if it's so important to him, <laughs> if he enjoys it, he's eating, it's in the bathroom. I'm telling. You, it's in the closet. I go into the other room to weigh myself. It's classical music, <laughs> you know. Whatever there is, this is what it is. So he's happy that he got all his needs met because he said, "I want to have all the things I would, you know, on my own and to be with you." So I remember that that was what he wanted. If we can remember those things, yeah, then we don't have to manipulate the other person.
0: Exactly. Then we
1: can just be who we are and we can keep growing individually because a marriage needs to be, a partnership needs to be, two people growing individually, not together, by the way, not like this, but like this, mm-hmm. and bringing the excitement to each other at the end of the day. That's what makes it interesting. That's how you learn from each other. If you're clones, it's very boring. There's really nothing to talk about. So it's good to have space. Yeah. It's good for him to go on his motorcycle. It's good for him to do his own thing. That's where he's that's where his joy comes from. And then you bring the differences together, it's very unhealthy to test a partner because they're doing something that you wouldn't do. It's really none of your business if it's not damaging you in some way. Yeah. yeah. It's nothing that you have to judge. And that's when manipulation comes in. When yeah. you feel insecure,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: If I could ever say it right and reach your hostage heart tonight, despite the doubts you harbor, then you might come to believe in me. We're talking with Dr. Frida Birnbaum. That's pear tree to the rest of you. <laughs> and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host here on the program as we are continuing to talk to Dr. Frida Birnbaum. And uh, it has really been a pleasure to uh, to share this time with you and to uh to basically uh learn more about what this whole gaslighting thing is and it does permeate uh it just doesn't permeate our relationships it permeates our culture our society uh even on a global level even if we don't even understand the words that are being used and i i will say this i will say this probably more times than i care to think about if you have no secrets to keep you have no secrets to keep ergo you don't need all of these secret whatevers uh you don't need to to live a, another life uh away from your your partner if it's a relationship i mean we hear all the time uh about how uh when this individual passes or maybe they're arrested for something and then everybody starts digging in and going well wait a minute uh, he's got all of these separate uh, financial statements here of uh, stuff that was going on under a different name, and uh, well, he has another family on the other side of town that he, you know, his his other uh, first family didn't know about, and you know, he was a crossdresser, and and he was, and the list goes on of the secret the secrets that are that are kept, and odds are it's probably because there's something unfulfilled there, but it's still. Uh, it's still craziness. And I have to say that from from my standpoint, as a man who has been married now twice, and by the way, I've already made the commitment uh, that I'm going to make this second relationship work. And if it doesn't, I'm never doing it again. It's not worth it. It's too painful. Uh, but But then again... I don't know what the universe has in store, but, uh, Dr. Dr. Freed, I want to thank you for joining us here on the program. It has just, it's been a joy. You've written a couple of other books as well that I'm just going to mention to our listeners. We won't go in now, but we certainly could go in in another program. One is life begins at 60. Well, I've been, I'm three years old then. And then, um, what price power? And it is an in-depth study of the professional woman in a relationship and of course uh, again there is a price even that men pay for power and uh well maybe we'll have you back to talk about these two aspects but as far as this one thank you so much it's just been a joy
1: my pleasure and you made it a joy you're the one That did it so i appreciated you you're you're a wonderful host and you really make things easy so thank
0: you so much well i thank you for those kind words i i do have three final questions that i ask all of my guests but before i do i want to thank you for listening to and watching tell me your story new paradigms for a new world We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. Wednesdays. We're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com, and we're podcasting at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. I hope that you will avail yourself. We'll also be linked to Dr. Frida.com, her website, so that people you can find out more about the work that she is doing. We also ask that if you can uh, support this program financially, we would greatly appreciate it. We have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And um, when you go there to uh, offer that support, they'll ask you for an email to whom to send. And it is richard at richarddugan.com. And also spend time during this, the decade of perfect vision, and uh, sitting quietly in that quiet, still, calm, peaceful place, and listen to that still small voice and with all of that being said we move on to our final three questions for our very special guest here on the program and the first of those three questions is who is Frida Birnbaum
1: wow wow do you have time for all this I do oh my goodness so this is therapy reversed here ah should I lay down on the couch or what I have it right back here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is Frida Burnbaum? Well, Frida Burnbaum is somebody who was born to uh Jewish immigrant's um I was switched at birth and my mother decided to take me back because this very wealthy lady wanted a daughter. And she went to die for her son and uh she went to die for me. She saw it was a boy. It took her a while to think about it. But uh, so my life would have been different. I would have probably been in the media earlier because my parents were very provincial and didn't think much of this business. Um, but I've always defied um, anything that was told to me. I always uh, made my own path. I didn't fall into convention in any way. I married somebody the opposite of me. I um have uh had a wonderful life with my parents and um my siblings. I've um I've always been told no uh with my career's choices and I've always been told I couldn't uh, every decade of my life with whatever it was but I was able to get into the top schools, Columbia University. Uh, I had a child when I was 53. I had two, I had twins when I was 60. I had, um, what else did I do? I, I'm always uh, looking for something new. So uh, right now I'm having a play written about uh, my past experiences. And uh, my, hopefully pitching, my publicist is pitching a show for me and see where that works. Um, I'm interviewed on TV shows and radio shows and podcasts as well. I'm writing uh, my third book um, about uh, what it is, my messages that I have to give to other people um, and how I use those to my benefit. Um, Also... Uh, about me, I have five children. Uh, I've been married a long time, 50 years, double your time. <laughs> <laughs> double. That's why I can talk about it. I've been, you know, if I was out there, everybody would go. And um, very different than me, but I work things through. I believe in trying to keep a marriage together because you'll go to somebody else that could have even more concerns and problems. Um, and, uh, let's see, what else do I do with my time? I, um, I'm spiritual. I like to, I have a feeling that we're all one. I don't see a difference. Uh, we all want the same thing. We're all in this together. If I have a certain feeling, I feel everybody else does too. It's a wave of consciousness that we give to each other and um, even the unspoken word of how we feel and also um, about growth. The only option to live your life is to keep growing uh, so life has value because we tend to push away uh, the big things in our lives Um, and then they lay dormant and then the smaller things. That are more urgent, like errands or whatever, we take care of. And the problem is, a lot of people never take care of the big things at all, because the urgency is there. So we have to really stop and say, "Okay, this is what I'm doing now. It's not. There's no future. It's you take, but you have now, and you do, and you do it." You don't wait because then waiting becomes a self-fulfilled prophecy. And especially men, men seem to have delayed gratification. So They're so used to working for their family. They don't really feel comfortable having hobbies anymore or doing things for themselves. So I'm saying don't delay anything. Uh, Allow yourself to not feel guilty for having fun. And fun, having fun. I think is one of the most important things you can do because when you have fun and you let go, that's when all things come into your life. That's when ideas come into your life. That's when you make those changes that you want to change. That's when you grow. So you need that prerequisite uh, to have a good time. You know, it's interesting. Finland is one of the happiest countries and guess what? These kids don't have tests. They don't study. They go home and they have fun and they score at the top in the nation with testing. Mm. They have, yes, because they are able to go ahead and hike and have time with their parents and their parents are off early in the day as well. So there's an attitude of it's not work, 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 and then success, but it's fun and connecting. And those are the two ingredients, really, that make life worthwhile. It's when you have fun then you connect ideas, you can connect feelings, you can connect growth. That all comes from having fun, by the way, not sitting and just being intense as people think that they should do. So more people today are working hard in a more isolated situation, a more intense situation. So he said to talk about myself, but whatever. And then <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about me altogether. Here I am. But <laughs> here I am, but I think that's me. But um, yeah, so when we're looking at, you know, the meaning of life, uh, what the the meaning is all about, uh, if you can't go ahead and find something that's interesting that's going to make a difference to other people then you're missing out on the big picture of your challenge and why you're here to begin with you have to be able to see that you're bigger than who you are Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when you just see yourself and you see oh this is about me no it's not about you it really isn't about you it's about you giving and then you'll be fed First, you have to feed in order to be fed. And that's why I've been very fortunate that I had this opportunity to take care of my parents, to protect them, to send them money, to do whatever it is that I felt was important. That gave me power. It really did. It gave me strength to be able to be the one. You know, everybody in their family has one person that's the go-to for problems, one person that's the caretaker. And people come to me and they say, why does it have to be me? Why do I have to be the one to put myself out? And I always say you're very fortunate because by being that one, that empowers you to be able to do things that you otherwise couldn't do. And then you take that because life is full of repetitions. If you do something in one area, it's going to pertain to other areas as well. Then you take that power and you're able to use that in ways that you never would have done otherwise. So it's really a gift to be the one that's there for other people. Be the one that puts yourself out. Be Mm -hmm. the one that makes other people more important. And that's really basically uh, where my life is today. That's something that I thought about myself the other day and I said, well, how would I describe myself? Who am I? What have I done? Up to now, and there's so many repetitions of similar events of being able to connect to something that's different and being able to connect to something that's unusual. As I said, every 10 years of my life, I did something that I was told I shouldn't be doing. Always. From the Mm -hmm. time I was 20, I was told I have to get married. What are people going to think? My mother would cry to the world. I remember we went to a cleaning lady once. You know, a cleaning store. And this lady was there. The stranger, I was so embarrassed. She's crying to the stranger about me. I was a very pretty girl. I was like 21 years old. What did you want from me? I wasn't ready. What am I going to do? My Frida's still single. I'm thinking, are you you kidding me? Give me a break. But so, you know what I'm saying? So that was her take on life. That you had to get married early or you'll miss out on opportunities. And you have to be a homemaker. She always said she could have been a a good business person. So my research showed that really people, women that were uh, uh, brought up in homes where the mother was undecisive also were, but often in the midst of the relationship, my dissertation was about me, it's it's better than ever. And the relationship is better than ever too. So it's about um, being able to be different and being able not to be accepted, and being able to change things that you're changing for other people as well. Because society has to catch up to where we are, basically. In many ways, with age, with where women are today, with Mm -hmm. technology, what's going on, with science. There's so much going on that has not been mainstreamed. But people Mm -hmm. don't talk about it because they don't want to feel rejected. So they keep it quiet. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful, as you suggested before, if we were open about everything, Mm -hmm. if we could trust everything, we would learn so much from each other with all the topics I just spoke about. But we don't. People are very stiff. They're very guarded. Mm
0: -hmm. They want
1: to be accepted. They want to be approved. If you look different, if you act different, they don't want to identify with that because they're afraid. People won't approve of them. So as I said, they stay stagnant. And we don't grow. So that's really something that we need to get out of that box and be different, dare to be different, because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I know the more successful I become, the more criticized I get, the yeah. more. like, goes together. People criticize. So I think to myself, I must be doing the right thing because <laughs> I'm getting this negative attention. It's It's affecting them in some way. So that's a little bit about who I am.
0: What is your life's purpose?
1: Um, My life's purpose is to make other people comfortable uh, with who they are, uh, make other people um, feel that they can assimilate in some way that they will identify who they are because of their own past, because of their own difference. So I'm not saying you should be like the other person, but you should feel comfortable enough with who you are to be part of the bigger picture. And, you know, one of the shows I wanted to do once was to talk, to interview people who were from other countries and the lifestyles that they live here. And were they able to feel comfortable and how much of that, did they give up and how much of that did they remain true to their past uh, to give them that feeling of being accepted. And so I'm not saying being accepted uh, because you're the same, being accepted for your differences mm. is very important. And uh, we need to do that more today.
0: Mm. And finally, what was your best day?
1: My best day was when I would be in a show and I'd be home by 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, physically, uh, one of the shows, TV shows, before my kids got up for school. And I'd be there for them to get them ready. And I would go outside in nature by myself to have the thoughts to myself, -hmm. And just walk, walk till I wanted to stop walking. And then that's when my best thoughts would come in. That's when the best ideas would come in. Uh, That's when I was most productive. The rest of the day, I was not as productive as when I was physical and my oxygen level was in intake was more and I had my thoughts to myself. And then after that, it just flowed into whatever that was uh, that I was doing. So I'd love to be able to uh, have some kind of a perspective, uh, uh, something that's important uh, to do that I can contribute in some way to more of the mass media rather than just one person. I know I have my practice here, but I always felt I could make a bigger difference to more people. I was told to do that. So that's the best day I can have for myself. Mm. Uh, for being productive, for peace of mind, for fe- being healthy and taking care of my health, and to be there for my family. Not necessarily in that order, mm-hmm. but to get all that in, um, is really what sets up, uh, the experience. But doing this every day is something that becomes conditioned, a conditioned response. So after a while, if you don't do it, uh, you miss it, uh, you feel that you have to, um, do something you the, the energy is there waiting now if you don't use your energy you're not going to have more energy people think Ah, oh, i'm going to rest no if you rest your body stays at rest so you have to get up and do it and you use your energy that's when you have more energy and your mind is also more active and you can think clearer so it ch- changes everything your mood uh it changes um The way you have perspective over what's going on around you and you feel better and you're physically more, uh, you know, uh, in shape and in touch with yourself. So all those things are not just walking itself, but a byproduct of what I get out of the walking. That really is what I really look forward to. So Mm. that's really a good day for me.
0: Mm. Well, again, I thank you so much for being with us on the program, and I look forward to having you back to talk about some of these other areas and the other books, and including the book you're working on as well, uh, as we have been talking today about gaslighting. And we encourage you to go to her website, DrFrieda.com. That's D-R-F-R-I-E-D-A acom and, uh, Dr. Frida Birnbaum has been my guest and you have been listening to tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast, videocast love to lol Jeanette, I am still listening and dad be happy.